Welcome back, Snappers, to the first ever Snapchat. I am joined by Alex here, man, and uh, I'm I'm just pumped to have you finally do a collaboration together. What's up, man? Oh, man. you're talking about being excited. Do you have any idea how excited I am? This is incredible. Like, I, I think we, we're onto something really awesome here, and I think that, uh, I mean, I love talking about Marvel Snap. I think everyone knows that, and to speak to someone like you about it, I mean, this is a great day, a great day to be alive, I'll tell you. Oh, dude. Well, if you guys want to know what the Snapchat is all about, for you guys that are sports fans, it's kind of like around the horn. We're going to have three subjects on my channel that we're going to break down about Marvel Snap and three subjects over on Alex's channel. Uh, on my channel today, we're going to be talking about the most fun card abilities. Often we talk about the most powerful and whatnot, but I want to talk about the ones that are just pure fun. We're also going to talk about the greatest turn six closers and how important that is to get the most cubes. And then lastly, I want to talk about the best and worst locations in Marvel Snap. Uh, Alex, what will we be talking about on your channel? Uh, we're going to talk about ranked matchmaking. Uh, we're going to kind of have a discussion about like how the ranked matchmaking is currently working. Can it be improved? And then we're going to talk about the incredible free-to-play design of Marvel Snap, which I think is literally what makes this game so special right now. Everyone playing it really identifies with how good the free-to-play system is. Like It's really remarkable how player-friendly their, uh, their monetization is. And uh, we're also going to talk about is Pool 3 too big? And we're going to talk about in general like the pool system, uh, but uh, Pool 3... Is pretty damn big and we're going to talk about just how big it is yeah so guys i know deck guides are great tier lists are fun but i want to have more discussion based videos so we want to make this a weekly series uh that it's going to serve as a podcast and a video podcast we'll have visuals uh but alex all right so let's go ahead and let's hop into our first subject today and that is going to be the most fun card abilities in marvel snap so uh just off the rip right and we'll stick mainly to pool one and two maybe a couple pool three but off the rip what card it may not be the best, but you find like by far the most fun to play with in the game? Okay, for me, when you say not the best, I'm glad you kind of gave me that little out because it's definitely not the best card, but I have to say Morph. Oh, you had it ready right off the bat. How'd you know I was going to say Morph? Because I was going to bring up, dude, I was going to bring up Morph 2 as a fun card to play. That's not exactly like, he's not, dude, it, again, I like to compare him to a roulette table, right? Like, you know, the odds suck. But it's so fun. You have to keep playing it, man. So tell me why you like Morph. Okay, first of all, I want you guys to know that was not planned. Koji <laughs> is on top of things right now. That was unbelievable. But like, uh, awesome. I, I love Morph because like, it's just, it's just like, it's totally out of your hands. Like we try so hard to win our cubes, right? When you play Morph, you're just like, you know, like Jesus take the wheel, man. Like, it's just like, you're just like letting go of the cubes and letting Morph do the work for you. You either win or lose on like Morph half the time. I've morphed into like destroyer and blown my entire yeah, board yeah, up. Like, right. And that that's the thing. So, you know, on the recent tier list, he was put in the F tier just because of just yeah. the just because the RNG, but uh and it's funny because people's opinions change. Like my morphs are always six cost great, you know, but uh, most are not, you know, fantastic. Uh because you play him on turn three and he can get pretty bad value. But I 100% I agree. I think Morph, why I had him up is he's on the top of my list of just a fun card to play. I, I'm telling you, just like like X-Mansion location, my Morph just, I, I don't know. He doesn't like me. I, I get the blades. I get the hell cows that like just discard my cards. But Morph is definitely uh, up there in a fun time. And what would you say the worst cards to Morph uh, that Morph can turn into? I mean, a destroyer. I had to experience that firsthand. Like it was, it was pretty rough. I mean, Professor X could be bad if like you're losing a lane and you play a zero three. 
Oh, yeah. Um, I play Morph all the time for that reason, but I do know actually a fun uh, interaction with Morph for those that are in Pool 3 or have seen it. Uh, Wong here has on reveal abilities happened twice. Morph is actually going to appear twice. Or at least this has happened at least once for me. He appears twice. He only morphs once, but he shows twice. Dude, it's super... Weird. There's so many weird interactions, right? Um, yeah, there really are. So the card I wanted to bring up, and this is a Pool 3 card, guys, but uh, this is going to be a common theme in today's episode. I like cards that are there just to, like, mind F your opponent. Mysterio, I... It's probably my favorite card in the game because of that. So Mysterio, when you play him, uh, he's going to be two cost, five power, but he plays two other copies that are essentially worthless. But your opponent's going to look at all three of just a two zero, and they don't know which one is the main two five. I think this is the most fun just because I love I love toying with people and having them think. Uh, Alex, do you like Mysterio? I, I do. I, I think he's actually low key really good in like obviously like uh, Carnage decks. Um, but like I have been debated more than once by Mysterio. Like I'm like, ah, oh, that can't be the real Mysterio. And then like, sure enough, it's like two five. And I'm like, oh my god, like I can't believe I just lost that link because I guessed wrong on Mysterio. <laughs> right. It's like a, it's it's pretty cool. Like it's it's a really cool like uh like as you said like kind of like a mind game style card and uh, yeah and I mean it gives you additional reach sometimes too. Like especially if you can buff the illusions. Like if you're if you're playing like uh you know any like a blue Marvel or something like that. And uh, oh for sure. I mean. Or it's pa pretty cool. Patriot even. Yeah, I would say it's funny. I think pool one and two have more kind of straightforward cards, whereas pool three is when the more fun cards come out because they're a bit more complex, uh, like Lockjaw, for example. But I, I, I was just going to say Lockjaw is uh, my second. Uh, if I was going to pick a second card that's fun to play, it's Lockjaw. Put down Lockjaw, throw Wasp into it, and just like just pray. Oh, right? it's fantastic. Fantastic. Yes, yeah, go to go to the next uh, subject on today's video, and that is going to be the greatest turn six closer so alex you know that you know cubes they come often in the earlier ranks but as you kind of progress through the ranks people retreat all the time and so it's very important to win your cubes or play your biggest play on the end of turn six when the opponent feels very confident what cards do you like that you feel like are fantastic closers let's stick to pool one and two for the audience because it's a bit more new uh, of a game for them. Uh, what would you say are your favorite closers in Marvel Snap? The first is Odin. Like, Odin, you can kind of see the setup, right? Like, you, you see the White Tiger, you see the Ironheart, like, you see Odin coming. But you can never truly expect the impact of Odin. You don't know where the White Tiger is going to go. You don't know who's going to get hit by Ironheart. And he's a 6'8 body, right? So, like, I, I like closing with Odin because, like, it, it, it kind of puts RNG in control a little bit. But at the same time, the amount of macro skill you have to have to set up a location specifically to take advantage of, of Odin. I just I just recorded a game where, um, you know, I, I literally played Odin mid into Medusa and Medusa is now a 2-6, right? Okay, and I okay, won yep. the lane by that extra two, right? It's like the macro side of Odin, I think, has a really high skill cap that people yep. kind of underappreciate. And it's such a good closer. It really is. Yeah, what I like about Odin, so I love him in on-reveal decks. He's a bit more predictable in those decks that you can just tell the guy's playing all on-reveal. Yeah. But what I like him in is, uh, like in this Collector Devil Dinosaur deck, I had Odin on top of White Queen and Agent 13, right? And you're getting more points for the collector out of nowhere, right? Like just little yeah. interactions. It doesn't always have to be all on reveal, even though those are, but it doesn't always have to be strictly that. I agree, dude. It throws people off. The The last minute Iron Hearts are just freaking ridiculous. Uh, so Odin would be definitely a solid one. What would be another one? 
First of all, let me also say I'm so jealous of all your pixel variants, man. You're flexing oh, dude, these on me pretty dude, hard. I, I'm a big pixel, and I, I'm a big. Uh, that's my. That is that your variant of choice, man. That's like that's my go-to. I grew up in. There. I go. I, I only have a few. I, I have a couple, but I do love them. Like I have the Angela pixel variant. I loved. Mm -hmm. I have the I had the Bishop one, and uh, I also I have actually White Tiger has a beautiful one too. Oh, and I have the Wong one that you have, so that one's always Wong's always in pixel when I have Wong in my. Oh deck, yeah, so. for sure. I, I grew up, man, in the in the prime era. I love just like the the sixty four yeah. bit kind of or the sixty whatever it is. Uh, but uh, cool. What would be your next card, bud? Closer. All right, so I know this is going to be taking people by surprise because you expect me to say something really fancy. Okay. But the number of times I've taken people by surprise with Hulk, Hulk? I'm, not, I'm not lying, with Hulk. Listen, Let's so go. hear me out here. By, by the way, so another <laughs> pixel variant. So Hulk, okay? Literally, you, you play Iron Man, and then like they're just like, okay. But like, this is a 612. Yeah. Like, can we, can we just respect the fact that this is a 12 a big man. power card? It's a big boy, yeah. Right? Like, So like people often don't really appreciate, like, huh? Okay, the guy they'll be like, oh, I'm up by 10, so if he Chavez's, I still win. They never account for Hulk coming in for 12. Dude, I, Almost I actually never. agree. I, and it's funny, I don't run Hulk a lot. I feel like I run him in Jubilee decks. I run him in Hella decks if you don't have, you know, those higher yeah. cost cards. You're right. I, I really don't expect 12. I calculate a lot of Iron Man every now and then and maybe Chavez. But, dude, when the 12 hits you, you're done. Like, it could just, it's a location winner. And unlike Infinite, right, like, you, you just don't expect him coming because there's no, like indication i like it i think that's a that's a sleeper pick for yeah especially like if iron man's there that's a 24 play it's like, you ridiculous. know what i mean ridiculous yeah i know and good luck beating 24 especially in pool one and two um so <laughs> mine too what again kind of on the same subject of what you just said uh and again i did this i swear this wasn't planned i have another pixel uh but uh, <laughs> mine is uh mine is spectrum man i so cards for me good closers uh viewers in my opinion are Cards that take your opponent by surprise, right? Complete surprise. Spectrum, to me, I like her better than Onslaught because you can set up a lane with, you know, Lizard and Punisher and Ant-Man and kind of leave it to be. And your opponent thinks it's one. And then they're not going to commit to that lane anymore. And then you play Spectrum. And all of a sudden, you got like another six, eight power on the location. I've won more matches and I've climbed more with any other deck than legit anything than ongoing uh, myself. Uh, so Spectrum's a big love for me. Do you like ongoing decks that much, Alex? It's one of my favorite, actually. Like, the Wong-Spectrum combo is unbelievable. Mm -hmm. um, I actually often had been playing, like, Wong on five because, like, there was a period of time where Cosmo was, like, being spiced in everyone's deck when yeah. everyone was playing Hella. And so, like, everyone else is playing Hella discard decks, and I'm like, I, I just want to play my like my, my on-reveal deck, right? Yeah, yeah, my, yeah. Not my on-reveal, my ongoing deck, I should say. And so, yeah, I, I've i climbed many, many a cubes with uh, with Spectrum. One of my favorite cards in the game, yeah. Well, no Pixel variant this time, uh, but I got to talk... Okay, listen, I know move decks, the comments are coming. It's, they're, they're not the, the meta right now. But I'm telling you, Heimdall comes out of nowhere for a closer in this game. Like, he, especially if you don't play him in a full dedicated move deck, I like Heimdall. I think he completely throws the opponent off. I think he's very good. If you can set it up, he's very, very solid. Don't play him a lot right now. Uh, you know, I know new cards are coming that are more move deck favored. Uh, but man, Heimdall, hell of a closer, right? Yo, absolutely. Like, no one can really anticipate Heimdall. Like, you can't really... How do I say this? Like, like what do you really do to, to like, to counter Heimdall? Because, like, they don't have to commit to playing Heimdall either. No. And you really don't know what lane's getting the eight power. Exactly. Like there's so much like when you know, even if you know he's coming, you're still kind of scared. Like that's that's an incredible card when you're like, huh, this is a move deck. He's gonna Heimdall. 
Yeah, but that, like, where is he going to drop this Heimdall? Like, what's going to happen? That's the thing, right? I think move decks, obviously, they're not doing the best right now. But I think that, yeah. like, I think they'll be the meta pretty soon. Uh, like, once new cards come out because of that, because of the amount they can throw off and the deception and the deceit that they have behind them. Uh, yeah, so big time uh, Heimdall, huge closer. Those would be the main four. I mean, there's more Onslaught's great guys, but those would be the four that I would probably bring up as my, my favorite closers. The other thing I'd add about yeah, yeah. The, the move decks too is that like they're really hard to pilot. Like from a macro standpoint, I think they're amongst the most challenging decks to pilot properly. Like you will throw games because you push guys out of winning positions. Yeah. Like oh. you, you really have to practice those decks. And any player that like just tries a move deck at first and like doesn't succeed and gives up right away, like you really have to commit to like learning the macro side of move decks. And then you start to really appreciate what Heimdall's capable of. And I like that you said that you don't even have to play him in move decks. He's like the yeah. ultimate debate card. He yes. really is, right? It You've got to play with a deck more than a couple of times. Like this game is not like, yeah. oh, this deck doesn't work. You could have bad RNG. You could play a deck that just happens to, to play better. Locations, card pulls. There's so much that goes into it. And then just learning how to do it effectively and learning combos and whatnot. Uh, so I agree. Move decks take some time. Uh, but I know players that are consistently winning even in pool three with move decks. So I like the, the, the statement there, Alex. Um, let's go to our last subject, bud. Best and worst locations. Now, I ran a poll, and uh, dude, I, this, is, this isn't going to be a tough question. All right, um, Alex, take a stab. What do you think got 65% of 10,000 votes for the worst location in the game? I almost would guarantee that if we were to say it at the same time, we say the same one. All right, three, two, one. Subterranean? Subterranean, Oh, well, it was close enough at the same time. We have to work. We can't go Christmas caroling or anything later. But, uh, all right, yeah, dude, Subterranean. It's, it's, it's we sub got it. Subterranean is awful. It's, it's so horrible, bad. dude. It, it's the only location in the game that I think adds legit no value. Like, nothing. It doesn't make it yeah. more fun, more it, 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 no strategy. It, it just is like, hey, do you have worse RNG than your opponent, right? Um, so Subterranea, by far, I think we can both agree with the worst. We won't talk about it, you know, too long. Uh, I will uh, admit that I have on occasion just retreated when Subterranea comes up. Oh, dude. Especially if like your first two pulls are rocks. You're like, all right. Okay. GG. This was <laughs> yeah. fun. Yeah. Take my cube. Yeah. I'm it'll out. come up and you'll pull the rock like right away. It's like, okay. Yeah. You're like, guys, cool. Not running. Just, and then they have like a destroy deck. You're like, fantastic. All right. I'm going <laughs> to, yeah. I'm going to move on. Um, or Patriot. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. what is, what would you say is another location you just not a fan? Yeah, you just, you hate, you're not a fan. X-Mansion, have to. I, I don't like it. I don't like X-Mansion at all. Uh, the hub, I don't mind, because at least you get the card in your hand, and you have to commit the mana to play. X-Mansion is like, hey, cool, I got Blade. And they're like, hey, check out my Infinite Like, it sounds like a meme, but, like, it's going to be a short that hits my channel at some point. Dude, who, I want to know who runs my mansion. I swear to God, whoever's running my X-Mansion is just garbage. They're like, mm, let's give them a, an Electra with no one cost on the other side. And then they're like, mm, a Hulk, like, on the other side. Every time. Best, or best locations. And I have one that I think is not common. I asked this on my tier list video. I got overwhelming people saying Bar Sinister. I don't know if that's because it was the most recent one. Very fun. It's a very fun location. What would be your favorite or amongst the best locations? Okay, so my favorite, I like Nova Roma just because I want to draw another card, but that's a cheap. I, I'm, like, we can't talk. We, like, what do you say about Nova Roma? Everyone gets a card, everyone <laughs> yeah, loves drawing. Yeah. But like, actually, in terms of like design space wise, I like. How do you not love Sinister London? Oh, like, how do you not love Sinister London? So good because it favors every card, ongoing, on reveal. Like, you can have favor yeah. for each deck it's not kamartage it's not like onslaught citadel 100 percent. and there's like an yes. element to it too of like macro strategy okay like 
if I just put one and two and three drops in there, then like when I have my huge plays on five and six, I can't use that space appropriately. Yeah. So like there's a macro kind of way. Like I like locations that amplify strategy. And I think that Sinister London actually does that because you got to also bear in mind, like if you play a squirrel girl there, you're going to eat the entire board space. Or like sunspot, double sunspots, and they both get the energy. They sh oh, it's beautiful. It's yeah. Money. Yeah. Love Sinister London. Uh, I would say, okay. This one's a little different, man. But again, it's going back to the head games. And I don't think anyone would say this. I think New York is a fantastic uh, location. And and I'll tell you what. I love the turn six. Where if you see New York, guys, the, usually the best thing to do is not play there all the time. Maybe have a little bit of a base. Maybe Ant-Man that you can move to later. So New York, you can move cars on turn six. I love that. Because you're winning, let's say, one location. The opponent's winning the other. And you're both like, how much do I send over to New York to try <laughs> to try to win it? And I've been on opposite ends. Uh, I've I've tried to not move any cards and, and be like, all right, they're never gonna you know guess this. But I kind of like the meta game in the meta game per se. Uh, do, do you like that aspect? It's so funny you say that because every time New York's up, I'm just like, nah, he can go there. I'll stay here. <laughs> yeah, he's so gonna, he's gonna screw up. He's gonna send too much over there. Yeah, I'm good. <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, yeah, it's just I like the mind games of it, which is why I like move decks and stuff. Uh, but yeah, Sinister London, Bar Sinister, and then obviously like Kamar and, and Onslaught. They're a ton of fun. I think Bar with No Name has a little bit of fun to it as well like the, the one where it's the, the least power wins because it's just like this weird kind of hosh i love playing like scarlet witch turn five six there and they just like you ruin their whole yeah. strategy uh any other last locations that uh best or worst yeah thing? actually it just hit my head for the worst um can we talk about central park throwing squirrels everywhere the stupid ninjas that pop out for my camera what it was called the and those savage raptors land. the savage kind land. of just doing the same thing it's so annoying just, like the guard <laughs> when it fills garbage on your side of the board i don't play destroy decks very often i'm always like oh great now i just lose so i love that all right so those were the best and worst locations I got to tell you, like, we have an absolutely phenomenal kind of, uh, you know, series plan for you. You guys got to check out this series moving forward. Uh, we're going to be posting weekly, and I'm telling you right now, it's going to get spicy. Uh, Cozy, what do you think? Dude, I'm pumped. I'm excited to where this series will go because, like, down the line when they release, like, friendly battles, we can do stuff where we, like, take viewer-suggested comments <laughs> of, like, decks, and we both face each other. And, and I think there's a lot of huge options to go with and just fun conversations, you know, I love deck guides, man. I love deck guides. I love those kind of videos, but I love discussion and I love to just talk about the game that we both like, man. So uh, let's I'm hop into that, first. that up. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry to interrupt you. I'm glad you brought that up because like, yeah, we do a lot of deck guides and stuff like that, but like there's so much to Marvel Snap that like just being able to like talk about it in a way and like challenge, like talk about some of the challenging things like the rank, the rank matchmaking and other yeah. things that like, you know, it's, it doesn't make like a necessarily make like a great single video topic, but to actually talk about it as a community and like discuss it in the comment section, I think is super valuable 100%. because like, these are things like we, we all love this game. If you're watching this video right now, you love this game. And these discussions help inform, you know, the people in charge to maybe make the game better. Like they, they want to make the best game they can for the community. I think these discussions help with that, right? 100% agree. So, yeah. All right. Yes, sir. Let's do it. Let's get to the ranked matchmaking, dude. I'm pumped. All right, so ranked matchmaking. So let's talk about ranked matchmaking. So basically, everyone's playing ranked right now, whether you realize it or not, because <laughs> the there choice. is no other option. Yeah. Um, the game is still in early access on PC. On mobile phones, it's in full release. However, the team at Second Dinner has said that they want to kind of create more modes, right? There's a whole, there's, you know, a, a P2P mode coming out where you can 1v1 guys, uh, you know, but right now they have plans for casual matchmaking, but we just have ranked. The, the issue is 
is that ranked matchmaking might not actually function as most people think. I actually did a video about this recently where I said it was one of the biggest problems currently in Marvel Snap. And the reason why I bring this up is because, in, in case you don't know, you're not actually matched by rank. Now, Cozy, have you ever played, like, I don't know, like Overwatch or Call of Duty or something like that? Yes, definitely. Overwatch is one of my favorites, man, for sure. So in Overwatch, you got a rank. In Dota 2, you have a rank. In League of Legends, you have a rank. And then you match based on that rank. So people that play competitive games are very much used to that. I mean, heck, Hearthstone has ranks, right? Yeah, right. And we're so used to being matched based on rank. But currently, as of recording, Marvel Snap doesn't actually like match make based on ranking. I mean, I think it has some sort of impact. Like, it's not going to be completely wild. But um, generally speaking, you're going to be matched on your collection level. Yeah. And the why this is so interesting is because it's creating a situation where, um, you know, you have people that are suppressing their collection levels to rank. And then you have other people that are just like they want to collect and participate in the game. Yeah. And they're in a situation where they they kind of like push themselves higher into fiercer competition. And it's one of those things that has no right answer. Like, what do you do? Like, is it okay to suppress your rank, push the ranks as much as you can? And then, but then again, like, do you really want to punish people for, for pushing their collection levels higher and fierce, uh, facing fiercer competition? Like, what are your thoughts on it? It's such a complex topic to discuss, but I think it's perfect for, for this kind of, uh, yeah, space dude. for us to discuss it so i think it's funny like for me myself like i didn't even think about it i just wanted more cards like i like the card collecting aspect of like getting a new one so for me like i was just bursting through trying to not hold back my pools to get to the next pool i was you know it, ranks will come along the way i wanted to kind of like overwatch right learn as many cards as possible learn as many decks as possible so that i know how to counter and and you know learn the best strategies i would say overall Pool one and two, people like to suppress their their going to the next pool so that they can kind of beat up because they have all the cards on the on the current pool that they're in. I think it's interesting. Right now, it does base on collection level. I think that if they did a mix of the two, maybe with rank and collection level, then you have a little bit more fair, especially towards the top. And and I think leaderboards are important. They did release that roadmap where they said what they're working on now and what they want to work on in the future. And I think future has leaderboards, so that'll be great, you know, down the line. Uh, but I agree. I think it's important uh, in general just to have matchmaking that feels fair, right? And this is with every game. I think right now with Modern Warfare 2, like uh, skill-based matchmaking is like this hot subject right now. Like people want to just stomp on the on the noobs per se. And it's, yeah. a, it's a tough balance. I think it's a tough balance to figure out. But at the same time, I've never felt like I'm always going against someone that has much more of an edge over me. Uh, going into pool three, you know, that's where it feels probably the worst because pool three, you can get cards like Baron, who's an awful card or not the best. And then you're the, the guy that you're going up against has Hella and Hellcow. And, and all of a sudden you're going against these insane decks early on. But that's kind of the, you know, when I was pulling Pokemon cards, I didn't have a Charizard. And I, I kind of, you know, did with I, I made with what I had, you know. Yeah, and actually, it's a good point because I think that a lot of people get really tied up with the collection score, and they get they get frustrated because like, oh, that guy has a hell of I don't. But it's also important to note that like the other person's deck you're against isn't perfect either. Like they don't have the optimal optimal meta deck either. They're making the best they can with what they have. So it's it is one of the merits of the collection system because I think that like having the design space to be able to say, okay, this is the you know the the cards I have. This is the archetype I want to build towards. How do I actually kind of make it work for me? Yeah. Um, you know, net decking will never be perfect in Marvel Snap. I think that's ultimately a good thing, honestly. Um, yeah, I like that they, people, I mean, it's going to go in the next subject, but I like that people can't swipe a credit card and get all the cards of the game. You have to play it. 100%. You have to play it. Um, and, and one thing I just want to say before we move on from ranked matchmaking 
is that, um, I mean, there, there's something that I brought up before, which was kind of like, I, I am interested in your opinion on it. It's like, it's a bit of a touchy subject, but it kind of struck me like right in the feels when I saw, maybe this is a teacher in me, like I, by trade, I'm a teacher, right? So like, you know, okay. I, I like education first. And then uh, I, I saw like we had even content creators and streamers and they're, they're making free to play accounts. Right. And they're like crushing new players. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, that, it just doesn't feel right. And and I had a couple message me and they're like, but yeah, but like it's, it's for education. It's to, it's to help the new players. But in my head, I'm like cozy. That is like being a gym teacher. That is like being a wrestling coach and power bombing one of your students to show the other students what being knocked out looks like. Yeah, right. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. No, I, I actually did. I like this. So I struggled with this myself. I was like, do I make a new account to show? Because, okay, I'm going to just, as a content creator, you'll know, uh, when I'm trying to show off a pool two devil dinosaur deck and I'm going up against maxed out pool three decks, it sucks. Yeah, it does. The content's Hard. a bit harder to film. Uh, but I didn't make a new account. I get in a way where the creators came from. They want to show people, you know, just pool one cards and how you can make them work together. I think the issue with that, though, is that you won't be playing the same way that they play because you won't know the game as well. And you are. They're, they're stomping, right, with these decks. I didn't do it. I completely understand it, too, because it does. It feels like, you know, a high school team going against, like, the New England Patriots uh, and, and just, like, <laughs> just getting stomped um, all together. And, and, yes, I... I think that it won't be as big as a problem in the future, but right now at launch, yeah, it's a bit more of a, it's a bit more uh, apparent. Yeah, and absolutely. And I think there is merit on the other side too, right? Like the games are a little more genuine because like you're playing beginner decks and actual beginners may not be facing off against Patriots and Mystiques, right? So the, the, the space for variance is way higher in the videos that we're producing in pool three for, for the beginners. So I totally do get it, but like, I, I see it as like, you know, the way the matchmaking is working right now, like I, I, I would like to see like those types of, I don't want to call them exploits, but those types of things to kind of get resolved over time. And maybe it's something that just revol it resolves itself as people start collecting variants that they like and start raising their collection level. And, you know, those things I might just completely resolve themselves, but let's move on. Yeah, let's move on. Let's go. Let's go to, to uh, a very beautiful topic from one that was a little more challenging to discuss to one that, I mean, I can't stop talking mm -hmm. about, and that is Marvel Snap's incredible free-to-play design. Cozy, is this not one of the best elements of the game? Dude, so I, I, come, from, uh, I come from another mobile game before Marvel Snap, and it was a, a gotcha-style game, okay? And that's what's big in the mobile markets. This is by far the biggest feedback I've gotten from people, from people that barely even play mobile games, is they see mobile game, they're like, I'm gonna have to spend thousands of dollars to have fun in the game. Dude, they knocked it out of the park with this. They experimented yeah. stuff in beta, we all, but we both know that. But like, I thought there was gonna be some type of other monetization thing coming, and, and maybe in the future there will be. The fact that they've really, though, just doubled down on just kind of what works in Fortnite. You look at Fortnite, it's skins. If you look at Overwatch, skins. That it, this game is so incredibly free to play friendly, and again, what we talked about earlier, you can't just log in and say, I'm gonna spend a thousand bucks because I'm a rich guy and get all the cards and stomp my way to the top. They've got to play, they've got to wait because you, even if you want to spend money in this game, it still caps you at a certain amount, dude. I love it. I love what are your favorite aspects of it being free to play? I remember playing Hearthstone. Mm -hmm. It was, I mean, one of the creative directors of that game, I mean, you might know him, his name was Ben Brode. And the thing I think that makes Marvel Snap so good is that clearly, clearly they learned from games that came before, right? They clearly took lessons from the Hearthstones, the Runeterras, 
hell even the artifacts which apparently took no lessons from anybody rest in peace <laughs> dota 2 artifact um but anyways uh they learned lessons and one of the lessons they learned i think but do you know honestly just i mean i, I don't know if you played Hearthstone, but do you know what the most powerful card in Hearthstone was oh i played i played a good amount uh but i'm, I'm trying to i i, I I'm caught off guard. What, it was what, your you credit say? card cozy oh my it's a joke no. Boom! How's that for a Heimdall uh, debate? Uh, that- <laughs> yes, it was a credit card. Was the most powerful card in Hearthstone. Yeah, yeah. without question, man. That and Doctor Boom. Yeah, yeah. that's a Dr. whole other conversation. The early days. Yeah, <laughs> no, no, but it's 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 a hundred percent true, man. And I think what's crazy about it, just in general, is that the you can't, no matter what, you can't get there too fast. And if they can keep it that way, and they can keep, uh, I think that what Ben Brode calls it, not paying for power. I think is his whole yeah. his whole bit about it. And but then they also, because this is not an exaggeration, the game that I came from that was a gotcha game. People, I know people that spent anywhere from fifty thousand dollars to a hundred thousand dollars as as oh as gosh. as whales as that kraken. Dude, that's mind blowing. That's dude, that's a car. Pay that is a nice car. That's a you know, a very nice car. Yeah. A very nice car. Uh, Those it, are American dollars you're talking that, about. <laughs> exactly, dude. But it, that that's insane amount of money for a full triple A game for sixty bucks, right? And those games have you know some some microtransactions too. It's the area we live in. But they, in my opinion, let me pull it up. I think they hit the nail on the head because, listen, if, if you want to buy variants, which, dude, I listen, I like pixel variants, sue me. I'm going to buy pretty much all of them when I find them sold, guilty as charged. But you can't do too much. You can buy a couple upgrades. You can buy credits. I think, look at, oops, guilty as charged again. I was trying to do a video, so I had this. Uh, but uh, you can only buy, I think, three or two of these uh, 500 ones, yeah, right? Yeah, three, yeah. There's only so much you can buy, and it's just cosmetic, which you can get from playing the freaking game you can get variants from playing the game alex uh, without talking too much i also wanted just to bring up the freaking season pass i did a breakdown on a short about this i didn't realize until i did the breakdown how much you get for free in the season pass yeah it kind of blew my mind you could you only get a, a little bit more credits for paying rather than gold this is how you make a mobile game alex yeah 100 and i mean could one make the argument that maybe there's not enough hooks in here like I, do I sound I do. crazy to say like I think so? I would like for them to make more money. Like, is that crazy? No, no, it's not. And I brought it up too. I think monetization is important. They have to like if you want this. It, bottom line, if you want a game to continue, it has to make money. That's that's just facts, right? But I don't even know how they would continue to do that unless it was more cosmetic. I I don't know. It sounds like they've doubled down. I believe they tweeted they doubled down on cosmetic only. Um, but yeah, I yeah, feel like I, they I need to add they more. They know either yet. I, that's I think I think the Nexus events kind of. In their defense, I think cause the uh, the backlash for the Nexus events took them by surprise. Here's my thing with the Nexus events. If you guys don't know what it was, you could pay uh, gold to unlock these little loot boxes. They were loot boxes if anyone played those Basically, games. Yeah. Here's my issue. I think if they didn't, I believe when Ben Brode first talked about it, he was like, new event coming to Marvel Snap, Nexus events. And people got psyched that it was a game mode. And then it was I loot I thought it was PV, yeah. Same here. Whereas if they would have just not said anything about it and been like, hey guys, you know, uh, we love this game just as much as you guys. We're going to do one card a season, uh, whatever, with some variants behind it that you can unlock with some extra gold. Not a problem. It, sometimes it's about how you do things rather than what it is. Yeah, it's like setting the appropriate expectation, I think is what you're, what yes, you're trying to get at. 100%. 100%. Yeah, and uh, I mean, in their defense, listen, we now know that if they ever misstep again, they're, they're listening. Like they, they gave everyone their, their full gold back. They got rid of the system. They took all the feedback that we gave them and hit a home run with it. Like what else could you have asked for? Right? Like what else could you have asked for? A development team said, you know what? 
we got it wrong. Here's all your money back. Keep everything you got. We're going back to the drawing board. Like, what else do you expect? Like, what else do you ask for? I thought, I thought their response really instilled confidence in me that like they are interested in the long-term potential of this game. Like they're, they're in it for the long haul. They're not, they're not trying to make a pick a quick buck and leave. They're here for the long haul because they were willing to make those, those concessions to make sure the community was taken care of with communication. And I got to tell you, yeah. again, coming from mobile games, dude, it does not exist. They make their money. They, <laughs> that's it. That, that, that that's usually uh, what right. they want to do. And so it's, it's mind blowing. And it made me, it made me go, you know, all in on creating a channel for it just because I was like, wow, if they care about the game enough, this gives me confidence too. So uh, without question, man, uh, love the free-to-play design and curious what everyone thinks too in the comments of, do you like how it is, the free-to-play design versus the pay-to-play? Is there enough wailing for those that, uh, listen, people like to wail, people like to crack and I get it. You know, it's, it's paying, you know, paying for uh, variants is awesome. I'm a pixel, you know, I'm, I'm going to get all the pixels myself. But um, Alex, we've got a third topic to talk about. Do you want to yeah, break us into that, my man? Yeah, I mean... It's pretty simple. First of all, there's a whole lot of players. This is a question I get all the time. We were like, what are pools? Everyone's talking about pools. I don't even understand. Um, you know, so uh, <laughs> yes, there are three pools where you collect cards. And when you hit certain thresholds, you're guaranteed to have all those cards unlocked. I actually did a full video on it. And um, uh, the long story short is that in pool one, it's a pretty big selection, but you are guaranteed to actually unlock certain cards along the way, and you are guaranteed certain unlocks. And then as you move into pool two, you have a 50% chance with your with your chests to, I think they're called collector's cash. No, what are they called now? Uh, yeah, collector's, no, collect, collector cashers is what they're collector, called. And then they become then, collector's reserves yep. in pool three, yep. eventually, I think at a thousand uh, collection score. Yep. And basically, you only have a 25% chance to actually unlock the cards. So the result is that you is like pool three is a massive grind, a massive grind that I think that a lot of people, like even in the beta, are like, I kind of feel like I'm just on a hamster wheel here. And the other side to it, and something that I thought was a little concerning was you kind of brought it up before you say, you know, you unlock, uh, you know, whatever you unlock Cerebro and you're like, cool, I got Cerebro. And they're like, you face a, you face someone and they're like, here's my hell cow. Here's my hella GG, easy eight cubes, right? And you're like, damn it. What the, like, what am I supposed to do with that? What so like, cards do you not have right now? I, I so I have them all, but I was so I was gonna ask you what cards uh, was your last cards to unlock. But I gotta know, like, which ones do you not have? Because my last cards, Alex, that I unlocked, my last ones: Mystique, Death, Patriot, Lockjaw. Hey, cool, all the meta cards, right, man? It's so what, like, it, that is frustrating. But I have a counterpoint to it. What were the last ones you unlocked? As I pull up the pull three right. list here, so you can see all the cards. So I'll tell you uh, the the major ones that I still do not have. I think I'm missing like ten. Um, I do not have Juggernaut, which drives me nuts because I love Storm. And I do not have Patriot or Mystique yet. Dude, so Mystique, I, again, last card. Like, that, that is... There's Patriot a, and Mystique. There's a couple cards. Dude, they, there's a couple cards on here that if you don't have... Like, Armin Zola, he's a fun plug-and-play, right? But, like, yeah. there are cards that help every card around it, like Mystique, like Patriot. It's the ones that help multiple. Wong is another great example. That when you don't get those, man, it sucks. Like if you if you don't get Hellcow, not a big deal. You can get another yeah, discard. You can you can form it. This is my argument though against uh, for it, and and maybe this is just me. Two things. First of all, I think the meta is a load of a load of crap. I, I think that there any de the thing I love about this game, and yes, there's better decks than others, but I love that you yeah. can win with any deck. Legit, not any. Hundred percent. But you can win with most decks. But here's the thing that I love, and maybe this is just myself, but why I like card games, card collections, any of that stuff, is I love the 1990s, man. I love going back 
to opening up these packs and being like, what am I going to get? And I like that it's so big because there's so much options, right? Like you, you're opening them. You don't get duplicates, obviously, but you open them and you're like, I gotta, and you're like, shit. <laughs> like I got, you know, yeah. Cerebro, what I, Cerebro is actually not a bad card, but yeah, I got, you know, a bad card. I like that feeling. Um, it gets a lot worse at a thousand plus because it's 25% uh, chance to get a card. Collector catches are 50% between 500 and a thousand. When you get to a thousand collection level and you've gone like seven unlocks and you pull a bad card, it hurts. It does hurt. Going back to what you were saying with like the nostalgia from the nineties. So I was, I loved magic, the gathering and okay. I, I was a terrible player. Like I was awful yep. at it. Uh, the first time I ever played magic, the gathering, I went to a tournament. It was that, it was that like a, where the heck was I? I was at like a big tournament. Never played it before. I got I got sucked into it, paid my entry fee, did the draft. Like we ripped open packs, yeah, yeah, yeah. went against some guy. I remember he sat across the table for me. He was like sweating. This guy wanted to win. Right. Yeah, yeah. I told him like, just so you know, I've never played before. I don't know what's going on. He's like, sure, dude. Sure. <laughs> And then anyways, we went to start playing and I realized that I didn't actually include land in my deck. So I was like, dude, I actually don't know what I'm doing. Oh. So he's like, oh, you actually just lose. Like you can't play any of your cards. You, you don't have like mana. You don't have energy. You don't have land. Like what are you doing? Anyways, the reason why I bring this up, because you're saying that you're going back to that nostalgia and I appreciate that. I love but tell me this. Tell me this, Cozy. When you were ripping open Pokemon packs when yep. you were a kid, yep. did you ever rip open a pack and get friggin' boosters? That's what hurts, man. That's what. Yeah. I mean, see? Well, see, I will say that. I will now say this. Now we bring you back down earth. I will say this though. You could get, I believe, so every uh, card pack got like an, a rare card, and you, that's usually the holographic. But you could get an item card, and it was the same feeling. But it's, uh, but it's still a card. I, I, I get what you're saying. The boosters are beyond frustrating. There, I, I, I get that. variants. I'm not too mad about. I'm not too mad about a variant. I'm like, cool. I'll take a variant. Hey, cool. But yeah, when I get boosters for, let's say, like, you know, like 25 boosters for Quicksilver, I'm like, yo, hey, cool. <laughs> Thanks. I was just going to say 10, 10 uh, Quicksilver boosters. How do you feel now? Yeah, right. On top of the friggin' war. And then, you're, you know, your buddy's like texting you and he's like, dude, I got a Mystique Patriot pull back to back. And and it's just like, you know, but that's, a, I, I kind of think that's kind of the fun in card games, but I get it. And I think more pools are going to come down the line without question. Uh, should they split it? I mean, it's too late now, but should that's, they have split it? I don't know. That's important. That's, but that's a key consideration because like, it's so huge, Right. And like, this is an advantage and disadvantage. Like we, we talked about it before. There's no way you're facing someone when you have 1200 collection score that has like a absolutely perfect hella deck. Yeah. But if you actually bring up that graphic again, yep. are you able to bring up that graphic yep, again? Yep, yep. There's me... a couple of cards that not having is like so detrimental. Like not having destroyer completely takes you out of an entire archetype. Not having Mr. Negative completely takes you out of an entire archetype. Sarah, dude. Right? Oh, Sa like, not yeah, having Sarah uh, wave is, is like that. Wave, Sarah. Those Venom's are like that. <laughs> And especially, and I don't think beta players have much of an advantage at all, really, I would say, outside of being ahead, but whatever. But I would say that beta players got access to Wave in a season pass. They got access to a couple of these cards that they got without having to hope for the RNG. I would agree. It does suck. It do, that, that part sucks where you want to do a destroyed deck, but guess what? You don't have Venom or you don't have sure. Death, bro. Like, Death is... If you don't have Death, there's almost no reason to run it. Yeah. Kind of. But, like, you still can if you don't have Destroyer. Yes. Right. Oh, but I see. You're saying the destroy death deck. Okay. Now we're talking about two different decks. Sorry. sorry to I'm saying me. literally like the destroyer deck. You can't play. You play like one of the best armor in the game. and destroyer. Yep. You cannot. You cannot do that without destroyer. So that yep. the whole archetype is shut off. Yep. And that's sorry. That's a, that is a crappy feeling. Hundred percent. Yeah. Like Mister Negative. You literally cannot play that archetype at all. Yep. That is a discard. Fair point. Feels bad without Hella. 
Very, right? very fair point. Yeah, especially when you have all the other pieces. And you're like, if I only had, you know, if I only had yeah. this. Yeah, I agree, dude. I do agree to that point because, again, going back, not to go back to Pokemon again, but if you, you Pokemon cards, they would just compliment your deck. It wasn't like an archetype, right, for the most part. And so that does suck that the, that there are certain ways. But how do they fix that? I know we're, we're going a little long. But how do they fix that? I mean, it's if I had the answer, I'd be a good game designer, but I got to tell you, I'm not even a good player. So I don't know what you expect me to say that it's like, it's, it's, I think the, I would suggest, sorry, I'm rambling, but no, you're good. it's the token system. They talked about it in beta and it never launched. Oh, I was yes. The, okay. You know that's, about, about? that's about, okay. So for those that don't know the roadmap, this is actually probably the most hype feature. They're going to have a way yeah. that they're going to show, let's say three cards a day. Uh, they'll show Hella. Let's say they show, I don't know, Moon Knight. And then they show Juggernaut. You can collect or you can pick one of those to use tokens to unlock that one card to finish off your deck. And I believe after friendly battles, that'll be the next thing that comes out. But the coolest thing about that is it's a daily thing that happens or maybe weekly. You can freeze a card. So if you see Hella yeah. and you want Hella, they said that you can freeze your Hella. And that's the... F dude, once that comes out, dude, no one's going to care about the pool system. Then it's a yeah, huge... 100%. Yeah, 100%. That's that. So they already have the 100%. fix, man. That's what's awesome. Yeah. So like, I think that's actually probably the solution because like, I don't know about your comments, but like not being able to target cards is a source of frustration for people. Yes. And I keep telling them like, listen, it's okay. Like you're, you feel like you have an imperfect deck, but so do they like it's, it's even and, yeah. and deck build a little bit. We get like, I mean, we both make deck guys. People are like, Hey, like, I don't know what to substitute for this card or this mm -hmm. card or this card. I'm like, Hey, take a second and like experiment. Like it's so like I love deck building. It's 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 why so I'm a fun. content creator for yeah. this game. Like I I could deck build all day long. Yeah. I'm gonna make a million decks for this game by the time by the time it's run its course. Mm -hmm. And I, I and I'll I'll make a million and one because I'll have a new idea, right? And so like I really encourage people to like like reach out of their comfort zone and try different combinations. Like I was playing Hawkeye and Domino together the other night. People like at first they're like, "Yo, this deck looks awful." Then they're like, "Wait a minute." Alex might be onto something. Yep. Domino and Hawkeye might actually be legit. That is like a very clean six power location on turn two. Yeah. And everyone's like, I'm going to try Hawkeye Domino now. So like, I'm just saying, if you don't experiment, you're not going to have those like Eureka moments where like everything just comes into perfect focus and you realize this game's amazing and you're better at it than you think. 100%. I think that, especially because of the locations. I think that no matter what, there's so many different things that can happen. So many different combinations that look at your deck. If it's more reveal heavy, ongoing, destroy, try to find an archetype. If there's not an archetype, try to find some card combos. Don't worry about the decks. And again, guys, like, don't worry about meta. You're going to see it all the time because it's what's clickbaity. Don't worry about it. Build something that's fun yeah. and you'll climb. You will climb. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I mean, I think that's pretty much going to wrap us up here, guys. Uh, Cozy, I can't thank you enough for, for doing this with us. I am so excited to do this next week and the week after. Um, and uh, Cozy, closing remarks from you. Guys, hopefully you liked the format of the first ever Snapchat. And man, Alex, again, I'm just, I'm pumped to do more content with you. And thank you so much for, for coming on here today, bud. Oh, thank you for having me. Are you kidding me? I, I couldn't be more excited. Hell yeah. And in the future, guys, we're going to do a lot more creativity with this whole entire segment. And uh, until that next video and until the next weekly series of the Snapchat, you guys have a good luck snapping. And Alex, any closing words? Oh, just uh, keep snapping. Go for those eight cubes. All right, guys. Peace out.